Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think 2014. No. So five years. That's the last time. That would have been the last time you... I think you've done one tour since then, but I missed yeah. you on that one. But yeah, five years. You it's look like, exactly the same. It's you look like exactly I, the same. The same jet lag. It's like <laughs> I closed my eyes and then five years went by. And I know time has passed, but we are all the same. We're still doing kind of the same stuff. Yeah. A lot more, I think, DIY. Yes. Now. And I guess we can yes. start there because the last time we saw each other, we were, I think we were both in like pretty good relationships. Yes. Our careers were going like pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And life was like, it was pretty sweet at that point in time. And I remember I began to kind of have a few things fall through, I think around about the same time as you. Like it felt like both our lives started going south. Like it was in the stars. Around it was already about written. The same time. We were just on the same tra trajectory. <laughs> we were, I Astral think. plane. Which was a, a crash. 
Would you say that would be the case for you around 2015? Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we just both were um, starting to become dicks about it all. Maybe it was all going to our head and we were starting to believe our own hype and we needed to get knocked back down and realize what actually mattered. I'll never know. I have to ask myself, though, because you, you can relate to this. You look around, you feel like you got it all figured out. You feel like you have it all and it could never, it'll never change, right? Here it is. We've arrived and then six months later... It's worse than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, fact. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, let's talk about yourself musically on the music front, first of all. What happened with with everything, with Extra Mile, first of all, and that whole scenario, and then... I've been trying to figure out how to answer this because I don't want to throw anybody under any bus. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I had a lot of help, and a lot of people reached out at the Olive Branch to me and gave me incredible opportunities. But I also kind of feel like it could have been anybody. It could. It was almost like somebody made a decision that they were going to pluck some girl out of the, some field and just decided they were going to make it happen, and I just happened to be that girl. And I went from, you know, you've got a publicist, a booking agent, a label, a manager, distribution, tours, to, hey, what am I doing in the next six months? none of that you have nothing and do you know what happened do you know what changed i will never know have you been trying to figure that out has that been a cause i mean i've asked myself that every day maybe i didn't sell enough records maybe i wasn't that good maybe it's definitely not that maybe i asked too many questions maybe i you know after years of releasing my own albums and doing my own thing maybe i wasn't so clueless that i didn't you know i noticed things like you know, hey, I know we've sold this many records. Um, maybe the pe- maybe the people just lost interest. Maybe it was a maybe it was kind of a Ryan Adams thing, where somebody promised me the world and then changed their mind. And what happened with him? Um, or do you not want to go there? Well, I mean, it's it's out there in the world. There are there are people out there like that. And I, so I just was like, I can't do it anymore. Um, I'm sick of being backstage in my own shows and feeling and crawling in my skin, feeling uncomfortable because I'm watching these men behave like this. And I'm a woman and I felt like I was let to the, uh, I was let into the boys club and I thought I was, I belonged there and I was going to stay there. And, uh, it turns out (laughs) It's still a boys club. Yeah, it turns. It was like, thank you for visiting, and you can show yourself out now. <laughs> and not everybody is that way, you know. I don't need to name names. I think that it's, I think that a lot of people already kind of know, and it's out there in the world enough. So I went from thinking it's not worth it. I have nothing to say. Um, you know, I don't have that commitment and and passion anymore I don't I don't want to fight and I don't want to feel this way I don't want people to talk to me this way I don't want to be treated this way and then I you know I'm always keep up with world events I started to think well maybe now is the time maybe the world is ready maybe the things that I'm saying you know in this room alone to my dog maybe I'll put them out into the world again and just kind of see if anybody cares and if they don't I'm doing it anyways um but I, I don't know I'll never know I mean I, I ask myself every day what did I do 
what or what didn't I do or what yeah. could I have done differently or absolutely it was interesting because I think this time frame that you're referring to was just before I guess a lot of the the me too thing began to gain momentum and yeah and become more of a widespread acknowledgement that there are some inherent flaws and wrongs within the media you know whether it's music film whatever industries absolutely um and the only thing that makes me feel better which makes me feel worse is that i wasn't the only one i wasn't the only person that went through that and basically like just just had to quit you know a good friend of mine i was like hey you should do this because i did it and it's awesome they've ne- they haven't played a show since they're a chef um, you know, it sucks that, it, you know, women all over the world, like, <laughs> you know, not to, it is what it is, but the, the silver lining in all this is that it's important and somebody needs to talk about it. And if not us, then who, and if not now, then when, and I felt like, you know, I felt safe in punk rock as a teenager you in, did. In, did you almost feel... So I recently read Rose McGowan's book, Brave, right? And she talks about the moment her career began to take off was just before the Harvey Weinstein thing and then a lot of other stuff that came. And there's a chapter in the book where she describes being accepted and welcomed into this industry because she'd come from the streets as like a homeless kind of street kid. And I know there's similar sort of parallels there to some extent with you. And she talks about how she's like, wow, okay, I'm finally in this creative world now where I can express myself and be safe and then almost the first day that she's invited to this hotel room something really bad happened and then and she's like damn like the moment when I felt like I was actually for the first time in my life going to be looked after was the exact moment that the opposite of that happened absolutely and after a certain amount of time of convincing yourself that it's not that bad or it's not a big deal or it's always been that way and it's always going to be that way I realized that I, I was compromising too much of values that were so inherent to, like so intrinsic to everything that I like to think I am. And I realized like, you're as fake as anybody if you're gonna do this every day and put up with it and just act like it's not a big deal. And I'd rather, I'd rather not have to see it on a daily basis, so I'm just gonna take myself out of the situation. I don't care if I have to work at 7-Eleven. Like, that that would be more in line with my morals at this point so and you're putting up with less bullshit right which is yeah. fucked up no yeah no no <laughs> amount like, this is a different kind but. yeah no amount of the things that you think are going to be worth it actually end up being worth it because you've just traded in everything that used to be important and how can you stand up there and scream anything and like how could i expect anybody to believe me when I'm just, I'm just, I'm part of the mayhem, you know, I'm just a casualty in this war. Did the effects that that have trickle down into your personal life then as well? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I went from, so they told me I, nothing was going to happen until I had a new album. So just like the first time I put my head down and in about a week, I think I sent them 40 new songs. And my thought was, there's at least 10 in there that we could do something with. Laura Jane Grace was going to produce a new album. I had a budget. I had dates. I had a studio. 
and was told maybe you should do a pledge music campaign and i was like look i didn't do this so that i'd Why be, be back. on the label if that's what i need to yeah, do, yeah so basically like that's what i've been doing my whole life and i and i just wanted to kind of try something different to see if you know it would work or what it would be like and not be wolf, lone wolf in it all the time and it went from that to all right well i'm gonna have to pay for it so then i sent ryan adams the demos he called me he said i think you should just put them out as they are and uh one night i swallowed every pill in my house i posted all those demos and i just thought at least they're out in the world this is the only way they're going to get out i woke up in the hospital two days later i was still alive i was choked that i'd leaked my own <laughs> album um and then it was just a reset of like starting starting from scratch who am i I couldn't remember my name. I kept asking people what happened and people kept telling me the same story and then they would say, yeah, you said that the last time we told you that. It took me about a week to like get right. So what do you do when you've, I basically was dead, I died. Like, so I come back, I realize none of this matters. Like. It's so fleeting and unimportant in the grand scheme of things. Like, like you're going to die for this? So then I just, I put all my energy into my health. All the, all the time I used to spend on making those demos. Like, you know, all the many songs that I would write just so that the world could maybe hear ten of them. Um, I just kind of disappeared and like got a dog, started going for walks, um, trying to remember to eat good food <laughs> and stuff like that. And the thing that people don't realize is you don't really ever get to the other side of that. Like I have days where I feel better, but it, if I don't remember to do all those same things, check in with my dog, go for a walk, drink water, eat food, like it's not the rock and roll lifestyle that I was knee deep in the last time I saw you, mm. you know, and talk about first world problems like, oh, my label wouldn't release my new album. And so I'm going to kill myself. Like the fact of the matter is I have a mental illness and I did the whole time. So everything that was happening just seemed that much worse. It was just that much harder to cope with. And after losing everything enough times over the years, that was kind of the last that was the last time that I could handle, right? So I moved to Alabama to be with this dude. I was a huge bummer because I couldn't work. I couldn't make money. There were no dates. I couldn't afford to move back home. And I just was like, there's nothing left. So it started one piece at a time with me thinking, what does my life look like without that? Because that's been my whole life. Everything I've ever done even every crappy job I've ever worked was so I could make the next album. I'd work two jobs and save up and, and make the record and go tour, maybe break even, and then do it again. Well, what what does my life even look like if if that's not part of it? And it just went one step at a time with, well, I don't want to travel. <laughs> I don't want to sit in an office. I'd like to work in my house. And it kept coming back to music. And I got to a point where I was like, 
I just want, I'd want to have a little studio. I want to, you know, I want to live in a quiet place. I want a simple life. So, you know, from the other side, looking back, I realized how unimportant it all was. But here we are years later, and I'm thinking, how many other people are going through this? How many other people, you know, are way worse off than I was? And this world is crumbling from the seams. Like, there are children in cages. There are insane people calling the shots all over the place. And, you know, I can hide in my little room for the rest of my life. But if not us, then who? I just felt like it was the time to start talking about these hard things. And is that what the drive into getting back to music was? I mean, how did you rediscover your love for the actual, the songwriting and, and the, you know, the, well, the, these the craft would, itself? Well, these things would happen. And for the first time in years, because, you know, music had just become this like bad relationship. It was this thing yeah, that yeah. I loved and I spent all my time and energy on and it just d- didn't love me back. It just, you know, it would just take and take for the rest of my life, I felt like. Um, and I just, I, I would think about even like singing and it, I would just get this feeling like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. But then I'd read something or come across somebody else's story and just get really fired up. And then the fir- one of the first ones was, was look at me, I'm fine. It, the first line is, it feels like the end of the world. There are no heroes left. They're all in jail for telling girls you could be the one who's next. I don't want to wake up on the side of the road, but I'm not doing what I'm told anymore. And I felt like that punk rock kid that was in a band called the Blue Collar Bullets writing these like political like workers' rights movement. And I just, I had this fire again, like this is bullshit. Like this needs to stop. Um, so I just, for fun, cause I like it. I was recording them, never meant to put it out, never thought anybody would hear it. And then I just thought, well, what if I did? Like, you know, maybe I could find a really cheap way to do it. Maybe like seven people still care. Maybe back in those days when there were tour buses and huge bands who had become friends involved, maybe there's like some stragglers that that would give a shit about this thing I made in my bedroom. Um, So getting knocked back to like, all right, I really just have to do this as fast and as cheap as I can. You know, I had one microphone, like I had one compressor, had one delay, like do the just do the best you can and and that's all you can do and then maybe the next one i can buy like another microphone or like (laughs) a second delay you know um did you play everything yourself i played all the guitar piano and voice and then i got a friend to do the drums after the fact because i was just thinking like i'm just maybe making demos or whatever and then uh yeah i booked a studio in town and one day he did all the drums um, I emailed a friend of mine and said, I need somebody to play bass on this. Will you do it? And he was like, sure. Did one, did one song a day and in about eight days sent me my album back. And it, w- it was like hearing it for the first time because these like kind of like a sad piano ballad would turn in. They'd add like a shuffle to it and it would mm-hmm. sound like a Blondie song or something. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, like this this sounds like kind of tough now like because of you you boys doing what you do you work with people that you trust and it doesn't feel like work and you just let them kind of do 
what they would do and not get involved and it's gonna it's gonna be awesome because they're awesome um but yeah so i had so now there's an album it's out in the world <laughs> well you put you put out did you put out like two and a and an EP as well, like three records in that. Yeah, I guess. 2016 Maelstrom of. Yeah, so the, there's no copies. It was just digital. The first one was called "I Have to Do This." Yeah. That was I remember the listening to one. that when you put it up, and I remember going, "What I, happened?" <laughs> well, yeah, but I I was very much I think in a similar place. I was lying in my bed, wasted, listening to it, like just crying, like this is amazing, and it was it touched the nerve with me. And I played the drums for that on my laptop, going like, S S T S S S T, like, <laughs> and then I got the uh, Sunset Sound, like I drum sounds. I ain't dead on that album, right? And like put put those in as like the drum sound. But yeah, those were just supposed to be the demos, and then I'd be like broke because I had no shows, and we'll never make a cent off that album. So I'd just put out some more demos and hope that somebody would like stream them or something. So yeah, there was, I have to do this, pick up your tiny burden. Yeah. You can have it all. And all all were, in the same year, right? Yeah. Those are just things that were on my laptop and like late yeah. at night, I'd be like, man, I really need to pay my electric bill. I should probably put this up on the internet and see if somebody... And how does. have you been making money? You've been teaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. it, was that part of the the musical road to recovery as well? Did that play a big role Absolutely. in that? Absolutely, my God. Because then you find out that there's actually like really positive things that music can give you, but also you can give to someone else. And Absolutely. They can have the tools to express themselves. And So that, that dark cloud, which was all kind of like industry side of it. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's all it is, isn't it? I had the exact same thing from the broadcasting side with mine, and my experiences are so similar. And it's just you see all the evil horrific ways that you come to associate the craft with like i love broadcasting and the way that you love music but i became to like associate it with all the inherent wrongs in the industry and then you that overshadows that and you think oh this whole thing is tainted but actually it's not if you just remove yeah it's not side absolutely and and you know we get into this because we love music it starts with music but really that's just what launches the conversation then there's this whole other side of the people that you get to meet, the memories that you've made. And I just realized I want that for everyone. I, you know, I got to see so many things, every, you know, all the stories that I've just told completely block out all the amazing like memories and, and, and people. So the best people you'll ever meet can be in music, also the worst people. Um, but when I started to imagine my life when I was like, 65 years old I was like what am I what am I doing and I just realized I'm a little old lady piano teacher I'm a little old grandma that's like all right Jimmy let's play (laughs) some Nirvana um and music for kids has changed so much I used to I used to hate the voice in American Idol and I've realized recently that people see these kids and they think that it's totally normal to be seven years old and like amazing at guitar and singing so i have these kids that are like 12 and 13 years old and they can like sing and play like at the pizza place for hours and it's it's insane i it keeps me stable i have a stable life um and i realize like if i 
put too much of my attention on myself, I get kind of grossed out. Like I'm kind of kind of over it, you know. I do better helping somebody. So it starts out a music lesson, but it, you end up involved in their lives mm-hmm. and their families, and you get to know them. And you know, some of these kids have been with me for two years, and like I'm watching them grow up, and I might be the only adult that isn't like an authority figure, you know, that they like run by what's going on in their life. And, you know, I might, I live in Alabama. I might be the only person in their life that's not like super racist or like, you know, like crazy. So um, as weird as it is, you know, how different, uh, like I live in Alabama and I teach like guitar lessons. You went there to move in with the guy, right? And that obviously yeah. didn't work out. Was there any <laughs> uh, moment where you thought, oh, it's time to move on? Or did it just oh, become totally. home? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I had what nothing. Kept you there? I, I had nothing. I had no way to leave, Matt. Like right. I was, that just, I was you were so, stuck. I was so stranded. Yeah, like I hadn't made money because the whole situation forever. Um, I'd had all these work visas so I could live and work in the states, and like most of the stuff that I did, shows and writing and recording, all happened in the U.S. Um, so I was lucky that I was able to be there, but yeah, I just, I looked around, I looked down at my dog and I was like, you're just going to have a way better life if we just stay in Alabama. Um, and I realized I could live anywhere in the world if it was close to an airport. And rather than think about like, okay, I need money. I need a job. Like maybe there's another angle. Maybe I need like more attainable bills. And like, instead of living in the city where I grew up, where it's like a million dollars to buy a house and the rent in like the worst neighborhood is going to be like 1200 bucks a month. What if I just lived in the middle of nowhere, you know, and I could make a bit of noise. I could have a little studio. And you've got a home studio now, right? Yeah. Like a nice yeah. self-contained yeah. So, unit, which is yours. Exactly. So I kind of just made the decision to like downsize, make everything really simple, go back in time. And yeah, I mean, I wanted to go home. I was super homesick. I don't know anybody in Alabama, but now, I mean, it's better now. It's been, so it's been four years. Um, But I went from, you know, the shared living situation to just like renting a room from somebody, you know, I'm like a grown woman. And I was like living with this super nice lady and her daughter who just was like, felt bad for me because I, couldn't pay my bills you know <laughs> and like one minute you know you're on you're singing with the dropkick murphys at like mm-hmm. some german festival and the next minute you're like you know being handed a bowl of rice because some lady feels bad for you. <laughs> it's tough man like when i broke up with my girlfriend i left london i moved back home to birmingham and same deal i was like 32 living back with my mom like what am i doing with my life but you have to do those things i think to to get whole again, as you're saying, and yeah, I probably, I probably let it get to my head. Like you know, I probably started to believe the hype. I probably thought, hey, maybe you know, maybe I am like good at music or something. And but you are though. That's the like, as soon as you start to I believe that, that. I think believing in yourself isn't a bad thing. Maybe it's just hard to get excited because you worry that it's going to get taken away, right? Yeah, and at any moment, somebody could hand you the end is the thing mm. that I'm realizing is at any moment, relationship, job, whatever. So you walk around with this 
anxiety of like, when is this all going to be taken away from me? But I don't know if you, if you design your life in a way that's as close to, you know, the, the ultimate dream. Like if, if money w- was, didn't exist, if you had, or you had all the money in the world, like what would you do? And when, as soon as you can get to the point where you wouldn't change a damn thing, you know, that's the answer. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen within a year. It's just all these little micro adjustments. Like, okay, so I thought I'm a, I'm a teacher. So I was working at this school and I was like, okay, well, this is pretty good, but like they take all the money and it's like kind of working for the man still. But what if I did my own thing? You know, what if I just taught in my house? I have to work way less. I could produce other people's records. I could work on my own stuff whenever I feel like it. You know, I could get another hobby that's not the same hobby as I've had my whole life. I could, and did you? Well, like I, I paint. Nice. You know, I've got, um, I've got this garden that I love. I've got tomatoes that are probably as tall as you. <laughs> so yeah, um, my dog has a walking trail in the backyard. I say, you want to go for a walk in the park? She has no idea it's not a park. <laughs> it's just our yard. We walk in a circle. Has the is it Peacher? Pizza, yeah. yeah. Pizza has Fox. He, has he, is it a he or she? She's a little girl dog, yeah. Has she had a integral role in, you know, your well-being as well? Everything I do is for that dog. Like, staying in Alabama. Um, yeah, everything I do is for that dog. She is my soulmate. She knows all these stupid tricks. I'll say, Pizza, who's the best dog ever? She puts her hand up. I go, who's your best bud? She goes... You are. Aww. She knows high five up top. I say, pizza, what's a, what's a dire wolf do? And she pretends to attack me. <laughs> if I leave the house, she's... How do you train dogs to do that? She's a That's cattle a dog. She's one. just super smart. Like, when I got her, she was a lot like me. She was just scared of everything. She wouldn't go for a walk without, like, if there was a garbage can, she'd have to cross the street. She was just... Something happened to her. She was terrified. And just time and... You know, I think we we had an understanding. Like, we both needed each other. She didn't trust anybody. She was just ears down, tail down, scared all the time. And then just every day got a little bit better. It started out, I was I would just walk dogs a couple times a day at the shelter for something to do. Because um, I couldn't work. I couldn't leave the country. I was just, like, trapped. And the one time I said to my dude, hey, this is something I really like to do. You want to come with me? You could walk a dog. I could. We could walk two dogs. We could walk four dogs. I gave him a leash. I said, any dog you want. And he picked that one. And I made some comment like, I've walked her before. And she was like pretty scared, but she's like worse now. And he goes, well, do they ever let you do sleepovers? And I was like, well, we could foster her. And uh, now I have a dog. (laughs) But she got so like every day you just saw how different. Yeah, subtle every day. Yeah. Like she wouldn't eat. She wouldn't come out of her kennel. It was like just capital letter T just severe recovery what about you who was there for you god nobody all my everybody I thought was my friend in Alabama just walked away I think what happened is he met somebody else on the road and she just moved in right after I moved out and they didn't nobody was like allowed to tell me because they thought I'd end up back in the hospital but like I knew, like a part of me knew. Um, like my family was f- so far away. Like the, the, 
it's tough, it's awful because like I know people wanted to be there. People would have been there. But when you're in it, you won't tell anybody, you know. So yeah, I just I was just God, there wasn't anybody. And the people that I thought would have been there, they just they just disappeared. They dropped like flies. And then they know who they are, you know. I think if I I could have got back home, you know, maybe my recovery would have been like six months faster, but I might not be this steel strong. Like I feel, I feel like that road of looking yourself in the mirror and just being like, what's wrong with you? Like, how do you, how do we fix this? Like I had to do that. You it's ha- it's having the strength yourself and I know how hard it can be but it's trying to find that inner strength isn't it through those worst of times and there is no easy fix and as you said a moment ago like there is no other side there is no cure mm-hmm. ever I don't think with stuff like this so you just have to learn to live with it and make it work right and yeah. that's hard and I I always ask people and like it's just you really ultimately who's going to be there for yourself isn't it sure. as nice as it is to have friends and family we all have tricks, right? You know, like, well, what's your what's your go-to? The little things are big things, you know. Drink water. Sounds stupid. Like, remember to eat food. Um, you know, check in with people. Like, ask for help if you need it. Talk. Don't just, like, isolate yourself. But take time if you need to. Like, getting feedback from people of what helps them, That that helps me, you know, knowing that, there's a lot of people out there that go through the same stuff that have gone through the same stuff um you know as alone as we feel we're we're never alone you know there's there's more people that are dealing with this kind of stuff than sometimes aren't you know and a lot of times you just never know it so just like a lot of it the fact that we can even talk about it i mean you couldn't even really talk about it 10 years ago you just people would write you off or or you watch somebody in their behavior like in a public situation or social media and you kind of know right you're kind of yeah. like man you're gonna get to a point where you're gonna have to deal with this and a lot of the people that i look up to right now and that are inspiring for me um i appreciate that i think gone are the days where you're you're this write-off where you have to be this like waster um you know the moody like obviously has a mental illness tortured artist i think the reality of it is yeah a lot of us maybe deal with something but we're also on the front lines of being proactive about you know a lot of us are in therapy a lot of us like take the medication that we need to take a lot of us are talking about it um and those are the people that i find ultimately inspiring like um not uh not hiding it not acting like everything's okay or that it's cool that they're all messed up like no like i i I go to therapy like i talk to somebody everybody should for a while like even if you think you're fine there's probably something in your life that you you would benefit from talking to somebody about it you know you don't have to do it for the rest of your life maybe for like a couple months but it helps like why suffer needlessly why 
why like make yourself not take something because it's embarrassing to admit that you need help like that just seems unnecessary hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose 1 to 2 pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How much of a role do you think that your own childhood and upbringing and I don't just mean your individual specific but as people uh, so I really feel like um our upbringing has a big long lasting effect doesn't it on our psyche and on our our way that we form relationships and I feel like if you have a turbulent upbringing that definitely it sets you up to deal with hard times later on in life but I also do feel like it ultimately uh, gives you a massive disadvantage in the sense that you're I think forever out of step. Right. Does it cha- it changes you? your brain. It, you know, chemically and so there's this theory of you start out um everybody starts out on a kind of similar playing field whether it's nature or you nurture, you know, wh- whatever's in your DNA, alcoholism, mental illness, you know, uh MS, whatever, like we're all pretty much at a level playing field, but all the stuff that happens to you, all those capital letter T's and and small letter T's um that's kind of the difference between um what your trajectory is going to be so for me my my young life was super stable my mom was always there i i was like very happy and i think that was the difference between me like being okay and like kind of fearless in a lot of my life and unafraid to go like on tour by myself with a bunch of dudes and like just I'll be okay you drop me in a field I'll figure it out my brother was a little bit older or a little bit younger sorry so that when the stuff started going down he hadn't really fully formed so so his life has been completely different I don't know the answer. I think it changes you. There's this thing called the gift of grief. Like if you've lost somebody, people that have been through the loss of like a family member or whatever, there's no silver lining to a lot of this stuff. There's no like positive spin. There's nothing bad about like losing your child or your parent. Um except for you meet somebody that's gone through that 
and you understand like nobody else does. And you know that you understand each other just by looking at each other. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, I've been through something as bad as that, and so have you. And sometimes all you need, the only thing that's going to help you is the fact that, okay, I'm not alone. There's somebody that's, that understands what it was like to lose somebody that close. So, yeah, it changes you and it alters you. And you kind of get like, I don't know, not street smarts, but like you get these coping mechanisms and they can either be positive or negative. They can either backfire and you're just in a cycle of terrible relationships for your entire life. Um, or you get really good at going, you know what? This situation has some issues and I don't need to be a part of it. I can take myself out of it. I don't have to put up with like abuse or, you know, these behaviors that aren't really healthy. So this idea that, oh, well, they're family. You need to keep them in your life. You know, I think those days are kind of done. Like if somebody's yeah. quote unquote toxic, which is like a word that's thrown around so much. It is, isn't it? Uh, but you don't have to have anybody in your life is the bottom line. Like, we I forget, saw a great it's thing our today. life. Ice-T posted something great today. And he's great for that stuff. Like, he calls it street knowledge, but you can actually apply it to life. And he says, situations can change and people are replaceable. So it's like, don't get affected too negatively by the environment around you. I hate to like, say it, but it's so true. And like, being a foster kid and going to a different school every year, it was like a scientific experiment. Like, every school you're in, Sorry, it's the same kind of people everywhere. There's going to be like a couple punks. There's going to be a couple jocks. There's going to be a couple people that nobody notices. And you know, you go to the next school and it's the exact same situation. So not, you know, it's a big world. There are a lot of people out there. You don't need to hang on to the people that are making you feel crummy or, or just like navigating themselves and their lives in like a super sketchy way mm -hmm. <laughs> like you don't have to do that there's especially this it's so like global and connected there's there are unlimited options for you as a human being like find that super weird forum of like D D nerds like those people are there for you <laughs> you know you can world of warcraft your way to friendship <laughs> have you been watching stranger things yes it's i back. watched that on the plane have you yeah. seen the whole thing yeah i downloaded it i've got two left here i love it it's such a good show i love so much about it yeah it reminds me and, and not in an overtop way. They didn't, like, overdo it. It's just everything that I loved about being that age and that era. Yeah, it's really well done. The 80s. Um, now you are kind of in a, a healthier, better place with everything that's happened. Looking back over that, you know, couple of year crazy period where everything was kind of all exciting. And what were your standout favorite memories of that time? Like moments where you'll kind of cherish Aww. and hold dear forever. Being over here so much, I got to come, like I was on the road so much and played so many shows with people that I just idolized, like, you know, being on the road with Against Me and they were like, Billy, just come and live on the bus with us. I was like, okay, Chuck Reagan, um, Northcote, all these just like really nice musicians just kind of like taking me under their wing like I was their little sister and and being like, no, don't follow us around in a car, like go in the bus. So many like late night musical memories and on stage and crowds. And you know, you're only really doing the music part for a couple hours a day. The rest of it is hanging out. Again, music just starts the conversation and then you get to know these people. And 
you know, some of them will let you down, but some of them will blow you away like a Billy Bragg. Like that guy, like every night would be like, take the hummus, take our rider. Like he's just the nicest human in the world. So stuff like that where it was just, it was years of dreams coming, like literal things I couldn't even have dreamed just happening to me on a daily basis. Finding out I'd get on this show or this tour or meeting somebody that just like was so beyond my scope of reality. Like, oh, that person is larger than life. That person is, they're not a human being. Like I've, I could never have a conversation with them. So there's a ton of that. And I think like dealing with that it was, it's over and things have changed and the industry has changed and I have to change. I have to change. I tried to block out how much that all meant to me and how important it was. And to the point that, you know, if somebody says like they're a fan or they liked something I did, I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't do anything. Like it, it almost never happened. You know, like it was easier for me to convince myself that none of it was real and like it didn't matter because it was just one year of my life or two years of my life. Um, but there was a ton of it. There was, it was a literal dream come true. Like, and I couldn't even, if I tried to write it down, I mean, sometimes I don't even know what cities I've been in. Somebody will, hey, have you been to this place in Germany? And I'll like Google my name and be like, yeah, I played there. <laughs> like I can't, I can't even keep track of it all because it just, there was so much, so fast, so quick that it, it was just unreal. I guess it really was too good to be true. <laughs> Where are you at now? Are you in the market for any kind of record label deal or career, quote unquote, or are you very happy with where you're at and to just be on tour is enough? Because those questions, even if you don't raise them yourself, are probably bound to maybe come up, right? Whether it's in an interview context or it's people coming to shows and right. like agents or labels snooping around. Like, are you, <laughs> are you in the market for any of that again? Never say never. Like, where's the door at? I don't, I don't know. Now? I don't know. Like, uh, it, I miss it. You know, I would do it again in a heartbeat, even if it all ended up the same. Um, I wish, I wish I could go back. Um, I, I need to stay myself. I need to just keep doing things on my own terms. Um, re recording has always been super important, so I want to keep making records that I'm proud of in a way where I can spend time. Um, but you know, like most of us, I'm, you know, I'm kind of lazy. I don't want to do everything. I'd love to have some help at some point. Um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, one of the best pieces of advice anybody ever gave me is that anytime something feels just normal and, and real and just natural, those are always the things that ended up like working out the most or, or meaning the most or mattering. And anytime something feels like it's supposed to be some big deal and it's, you know, this is it, those are always the things that never end up mattering anyways. So I think like, who knows? Any, anything could happen. I mean, I'm amazed by this world on a daily basis. Every day is a gift. Um, so it would, yeah, who knows? 
have to have to be somebody that that's okay with me still being me. I'm still the same kid. I'm still wearing the same freaking band shirts from when I was 16. Like I I haven't changed really through all of this. Like I'm I don't know. I'm older. I know that. But I feel like I close my eyes. Older and, just, and wiser, but the same person in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look exactly the same as the last day that I saw you. It's so <laughs> good to see you. Can you tell me about a couple of the songs on the new record that perhaps mean a lot to you personally? Because I always like hearing the stories behind your songs. There's a song called Dogs. Uh-huh. So I yep. drive to this one mobile student's house, and uh, every time I would go there, this rooster would stand in the front of my car. And stare you down. Like he wanted, yeah. Like Is that he, a lyric in the song? I'm being yeah. stared down by a rooster? Yeah, 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 like he wanted to fight with me, and I would just like crack up, and, it, and I would think about it days later, and just like laugh about this rooster that was like trying to fight my car. Um, and you drive there and it's either everyone's got like a huge Pyrenees that's like watching their chickens, right? That's like chained up all day. Or there's just all these random dogs roaming around. But it's also a metaphor of dudes. <laughs> yeah. um, look at me, I'm fine. That one kind of like spearheaded me wanting to write stuff down about the whole like Ryan Adams thing and this the the amount of energy that it takes to like care about all the really important things that are happening in this world. And it's important to care. I think now more than ever, I mean, always forever, this we only get one planet. Um, but also how exhausting it is because there's just so much and you hear about everything that happens in the world and going back and forth between like, I just, I can't look at it anymore. I need, I can't care for a couple days. I can't hear about these kids in cages. I can't hear about all these people that are dying, you know? And then like, well, it's important. I, they, they deserve that, you know, for people to care about it. Um, so those moments, I think, and as polar opposite as they are, it's, there are moments where it's, it's kind of light because with enough time and far removed enough, I was kind of like far enough away from it that I realized nothing fucking matters. Like, it's all kind of a joke. This world is hilarious. Like, it does, it's not a big deal, you know? It's certainly a game. <laughs> it is. It's a game. Yeah. Life is a, a crazy, weird, thrilling, often heartbreaking. It's super unreal. Right, isn't it? Yeah. So how do we, how do we navigate with some sanity with all the crazy stuff that's going on? I guess that's the eternal question. Mm-hmm. And, I don't think it'll okay. answered either, will it? Yeah, just constantly reassessing how to be okay within all of it. And in yourself, you feeling good? Feeling... I do feel yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. For the best I've felt in a long time. So that's the that's the fight that's worth fighting, right? All of it. It takes energy and it takes time, and you got to be committed to it, but. Just one foot in front of the other, keep moving forward, right? Have you played 2000 Trees Festival before? Mm-mm. You're going to love it. It is I'm excited. one of the most, I think, well curated festivals in the UK. You can tell that the guys who run it are real music fans, and it's not the same political, I think, festival setup that most of them are, where, oh, we've got to have that band because they're looked after by that person. And it's just, I think, two guys who love music and they really kind of take time and effort over compiling 
a very well thought out bill and the stage that you're doing like the acoustic whatever field whatever it's called is i think you're gonna love it it's oh a, that it's sounds a perfect billy-esque setting it's magical Yay. so i'm over here it started with a friend of mine was like do you want to go see bob dylan and neil young at hyde park of course and i was like that would be amazing and they said well what if you like played a couple shows to help pay for the ticket to get over here i was like awesome so we put up these days and then another friend was like hey you should get this person to play 2000 trees and i was like here I am. This all started with I was going to go see a show, and now I get to play this super cool festival. <laughs> and thank you, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Cheers. And I'm going, so we'll have to hang out. And Yay. I love Neil Young. I mean, I love them both. Have you seen Bob Dylan before? I've seen them both before. He's How so hit you? and miss, isn't he? Yeah. He's, Neil Young is just 100% hit rate. I've never seen him be anything less than incredible. That was my first even concert. At his age. Was it really? I, wow, so I was, I was 11 years old, and I went to see Pearl Jam. It, right. was, it was Blind Melon, Pearl Jam, and Neil Young. And then like years later, I realized, oh my God, my first concert was Neil Young. Like I, I saw Eddie Vedder on Saturday opening up for The Who, and he was amazing. <laughs> I saw him on Saturday. He was amazing. I mean, he, he just he basically did what you're going to be doing tonight, an acoustic guitar and a voice, and it was Wembley Stadium. Oh, like, wow. And he just he filled the whole room like with a voice which just sounds like a gift from heaven. He's one of the greatest, greatest singers, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah, that was like one of my first cassette tapes, first concert. And then I, I saw Neil again with Crazy Horse a while back, and Bob... It was like one of those, he was playing piano and just changing all the songs around. It was very, his. he was doing his own thing. So, but I feel like there's there's gotta be something that they're gonna do that's gonna be special, right? Like they're gonna bring somebody up. Well, you have to feel like, cause I imagine it would be Neil Young, then Bob Dylan. I imagine it will go that way. Right. And you have to think if there's every day where Bob Dylan's going to bring his A game, it's going to be after Neil Young. Like I, okay, the I like The first this. time I saw Bob Dylan, he was just playing Frank Sinatra covers because he just brought out that covers album. Right. And the entire set was just those covers off that album. And then he played like, I think, Mr. Tambourine Man, All Blown in the Wind at the end, but it was unrecognizable. And then it was like, peace out. And that was it. And I was like, oh my God, what? Because he's my, he's my favorite artist ever, and it was such a letdown. Then I saw him again, and he wasn't great, but it was way better than that. And then I just thought, well, if he's ever going to bring that A game, it, that's going to be the day. Today's he's on the after day. Neil. So I think it's going to be great. He's, the, he's such a punk. He is punk as he fuck, isn't He just does, like, did you see that Scorsese? The Rolling Thunder yeah. review. Yeah, loved it. Where he's just like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm lying right now. Yeah, yeah, I made yeah. that up. Like, that was not real. <laughs> I was like, you're hilarious. He's the best. Calls himself out, like, about <laughs> bullshitting. It's like, power to you. That is great. Um, I've said it a few times, but I'm going to say it one more time. It is so good to see you. And I can't wait to see you play tonight. It's been a long time. It's good to have you back in the UK. I'm so happy to be here. It's, it's really an honor. Where do people go if they want to follow you and find your stuff? Not in the world, um, but on the internet. <laughs> Don't give out your address. I'm on the corner of <laughs> Nick Davis and uh, Harvest, Alabama. Um, let's see. I go down to the uh, the Walmart there on the corner. Between let's the see. hours of 3 and 3.30. Yeah, yeah. There's Alchemy. There's a coffee shop there. They can find me there. Um. <laughs> At Billy the Kid, right? Or have you changed your name now? Is Billy the Kid gone? Billy the Kid is over. Yeah. Yeah. She grew up. Something like that. That was just a nickname, like, because I was always the youngest, and it got totally out of control, like, to the to the point that I was, no, that was what people called me. So, 
my last name is Pettinger. So this new stuff has all been under my real name, Billy Pettinger. Love it. So, yeah, those days are there. It turns out there are like other Billy the Kids out there. So that's like a that's been problematic. I just think like if somebody actually wanted to find me, they would never be able to find me. <laughs> yeah, they're like, who's this 17th century cowboy? And there's like this hardcore band from. Uh, there's probably like seven different ones. I mean, I didn't pick it. I didn't choose it. It just kind of happened. And like in hindsight, maybe like a decade ago was the time to care about it. But I just was like, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a nickname that stuck. I was the youngest. And but now it's like, okay. I'm, I want to start over. I want to do something new. I want to do it my own way. I want I want to be on my terms. So let's just ditch the nickname. <laughs> those, those days are done. If there are any young female aspiring artists listening to this now, what would be the, the sort of key piece Scream of loud. advice that you can share? Scream loud. Do not shut up. Fight we need you don't stop <laughs> we need you now more than ever i mean when i was a kid we had bikini kill and l7 and babes in toyland and sometimes i'm like who is there you know so yeah scream apparently like more than half of guitar players these days are female which gives me hope so at some point we gotta level the playing field i'm sick of being the only girl on the roster I shouldn't be the only girl at a festival or in the bus or in the lineup. Like, that's crazy. It, it almost was like the the token girl. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we should probably have a girl on the on the lineup. So, that right? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, speak up. We need you to, we need you to, we need you right now. So, please, please show up. <laughs> Give me a hug. I love you. Sorry, I cried. It feels like the end of the world. There are no heroes left. They're all in jail for telling girls. To be the one who's next I don't wanna wake up On the side of the road And I don't what I'm told anymore I don't wanna check out When it seems like too much Besides you won't budge for Even when we're on a budget We still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up Stunning high-end goods For 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.